in our second session now on 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18 concerning the second coming of Jesus. Our question is, what does Paul mean when he says, God will bring with him, with Jesus, those who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ? Let's read it. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God. Wow, what an amazing verse. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Well, I guess so. Father, encourage our hearts with these magnificent promises. Help us to understand them now, I pray, for our great encouragement and that we not grieve as those who have no hope. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. What does bring with him refer to? I asked my wife this. And she got the right answer immediately. And I thought, well, I must be more dense than she is. Because for years, I thought this meant bring the souls of the saints in heaven back to earth with him. And one of the reasons that might have been in my mind is not only because the word bring seems to indicate that. I mean, when you go from a place to another place and you bring something, it seems like you're taking it from one place to another. But... Immediately preceding, just a few verses earlier. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that we may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Now, that's the way it's translated in the ESV. This might refer, this is holy ones, same word for saints, which usually refers to Christians, but can refer to angels or both. Probably both here, but it's not sure. We know from Mark 8, 38, Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with his holy angels? So we know that Jesus taught that. We know that Paul believed that in 2 Thessalonians. God considers it just to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. So it may be that 
back here in 1 Thessalonians 3, saints might refer only to angels, but the average reader, I would say, if they see saints here or even holy ones, are going to think, okay, he's bringing back with him his saints. My mom and my dad and all the saints of history are are coming back with Jesus because they've been with him in heaven all these many years. And it looks like he means that. Does he? (laughs) Does he? Two arguments why he doesn't indeed can't mean that here, though that's true. (laughs) I think it's true. He doesn't mean it here. The first argument is the flow of verse 14. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose, even so, in the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, corresponding to Jesus dying and uh, bringing them with him corresponding to Jesus rose. So Jesus died and rose, and your, your loved ones uh, have, have died and will rise. So bring here then, if that's right, is from the graves, not from heaven. Now, is that right? I mean, it looks like it. It is right, and you can see it even more clearly if you follow now the argument that follows. So, supporting his statement, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, comes this argument, followed by this argument, and it's the the progression of these two arguments that makes this necessarily from the graves. Watch. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Now, that's his argument for why we know Jesus is bringing with him those who have fallen asleep. The argument is he's going to bring them with Jesus Because we won't precede those who have fallen asleep. We who are alive at the second coming won't precede them. Well, they've already preceded us into fellowship with Jesus in heaven. We know that from Philippians 1.23 to 2 Corinthians 5.8. So what's the point of saying we won't precede them? If, in fact, this means bring them from heaven, because clearly, if they're in heaven, they've preceded us. You don't need to argue that we won't precede them if it's precede into fellowship with Jesus, because they're already there. It's not making sense if this means bring them from heaven. Now, it gets even clearer. He argues what he means here. What does he mean by we won't precede them? He he argues, he, he supports it like this. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. And that's the sense in which we won't precede them. So he's talking about the resurrection. 
the, the living at the second coming, those who are alive at the second coming won't precede those who have already gone to be with the Lord. They won't precede them because they're going to rise first. So clearly the point here is resurrection not coming from heaven. They're going to rise first. Therefore, we won't precede them. Therefore, he's going to bring them out of the graves. That's, that's the way the argument flows. That, that's what's demanded here. Then, we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them. They're going to rise first so that we can have this, I wish I had words, this stupendous, spectacular experience together of rising in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so that we will always be with the Lord. But, but the focus of Paul here is, is not the always with the Lord. The focus is, look, he's coming. And when he comes, there's going to be a cry of command probably the command from the Lord Jesus, Archangel, sound it. And then there's going to be this voice of an archangel. And then there's going to be this sound of a trumpet of God. This is the noisiest verse in the Bible. It's intended to be absolutely spectacular in the minds of these grieving saints. And the point is, your, your dead loved ones are not going to miss out on this. They are going to have ears. I mean, ears, right? Physical ears. To, to be a part of this in their bodies, they're going to rise. Rising doesn't mean like enthusiasm. It means they're going to have their bodies back. And don't, don't stumble over the fact that bodies have decomposed Fish have eaten bodies, and other fish have eaten those fish, and there's no body left to raise. Don't stumble over that. This is not a modern discovery. Paul knew that as well, or better than we do, because we stick bodies away in metal cases. They didn't. They just put them in the ground. They knew what happened to them. This is a miracle. God will reconstitute our bodies in a miraculous way. The point here is... These, these grieving saints who've lost their loved ones, who have fallen asleep, he's telling them not they are with Jesus in heaven now. That's true, and it's glorious. He's not even explaining how their souls will be reunited with these bodies. What he is saying is, I want to encourage you that what what you're anticipating with the coming of Jesus, a cry of command, a voice of an archangel, a sound of the trumpet, a rising on the clouds, a meeting the Lord in the air, they're not going to miss out. They are not going to fail because this, this is the most spectacular event in human history ever for human beings. Nothing will compare to this moment of Christ's return and our rising to meet him in the air. And he has evidently taught on this and they now wonder, 
Are they even going to be able to be a part of it? I mean, they may not have any bodies. And Paul is very big on the fact that they must have bodies to be a part of this. And so the answer to our question is, bring them with him. God will bring your deceased loved ones with him means he will bring them out of the grave first. And then they, with the living together, will be caught up in the clouds and we will meet the Lord in this spectacular moment and we and they will miss out on nothing. Last question to ask next time is, is this meeting a meeting that returns to heaven during the tribulation or a meeting that comes to earth for the establishing of the kingdom. That's next time.